Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Jason Nelkin is here. Jason Nelkin's here. Hey, everybody. You let your hair down when the, when the cameras are rolling. I do, just for the folks at home. Yeah. Ryan couldn't be here, but Jason's here. And uh, yeah, I noticed that. You were looking in the camera. And you're like, you know what, man? I'm going to let it down. Jason confused, brother. Well, it's tough to work with when I'm setting things up. But when it's uh, when the cameras are on and I'm all set, it's uh, time to let the hair down and really get comfortable here for another episode of Inside of You. What's that song? Let your hair down. <laughs> I don't know. Probably a lot of songs. I'm going out tonight. I'm gonna gonna let it all hang out. Never mind. Shut up. I'm gonna shut Sounds up. Sounds fun. Sounds like a fun. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Jason Ryan couldn't be here today, but it's always a treat to have you here when you are here. Always a pleasure to be here when I am here. Yes, that's uh, very profound. And <laughs> oh wow, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is going on? We got a great freaking guest today. I'm very excited. If you're here for Carrie Ann Moss, you're in for a treat. Don't fast forward. We got some information. If you if you dig the podcast, if you like it, you go, wow, that was a really good interview. All I ask is maybe you give it another shot. You uh, write a review, uh, subscribe, spread the word, a little podcast here, and uh, we could use your help if you really dig it. At Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at Inside of You Pod on the Twitter. And I think it's a great interview. I enjoyed it. You I edited it. it. I mean, you edited it. You're That's the right. editor. You edited it. Say that. Say that. I edited it. I edited it. I edited it. I edited it. Um, some just some quick things the inside of you online store has amazing stuff if you're a smallville fan it's got so many cool things lexmas scripts and uh ship keys autographed and little busts and statues and uh tumblers with new tumblers and shirts and all, all sorts of stuff go to the inside of you online store get some cool merch today um what else? You can also um, listen to the podcast on anywhere except Stitcher. Stitcher's going out of business. So if you're listening on Stitcher, make sure you subscribe to Apple or something else or watch on YouTube because Stitcher is going down. Ah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. That's it. Uh, I will be in uh, doing some cons in September. I think we're going to D.C., uh, uh salt lake city nice uh, yeah a lot of stuff going on there so um and the patrons my patrons patreon.com slash uh inside of you if you want to join patron and support the podcast in extra ways um that's pretty groovy and i'm going to try and do a meetup with the patrons so if you show up to dc mm-hmm. i think we're going to try and get together for an hour or so just to you know meet all the lovable patrons who without them i couldn't do this podcast i've said it before you, you listen to it while you're editing oh yeah yeah, it's it's important. It's like you know, I didn't I didn't know what patron was in the beginning, and then when I when I, now that I've been doing it, I'm like, holy shit, this is uh, this is it, baby. I couldn't do it without these guys. patreoncom slash inside you. I'll send you a message after you um, become a patron. Uh, there's tons of uh, perks. Um, I send packages to the top tiers. I give a shout shout outs at the ever, uh, end of every episode. Um, all sorts of cool stuff. YouTube lives where I play music and I answer questions and we're adding stuff to the patron. So uh, it's a good place to get to know people. A lot of, a lot of patrons are friends. 
um, all that stuff. Uh, the band, my band, sunspin.com. Go to sunspin.com. Gets the new vinyl is out. Our new album never is what it is. The new vinyl is out. Get one. There's only 100 made. I think we've already sold half of them in a, in a few days. They're badass. We're really excited. We're working on our next album. You could listen to the music anywhere, Spotify, Apple. The band is Sunspin, and we're doing a stage it on the 29th, I believe, of July. A lot of cool stuff going on, and I'm more importantly, I'm having fun. I'm, I'm trying to have fun and trying to enjoy the experience and the and the process. That's what's important. Yeah. Um, that's about it. This uh, next guest, uh, I was surprised I got her. Kristen Ritter hooked me up with this. Mm. She uh, name drop. I just name drop. <laughs> but she's a good friend, and she hooked me up with Carrie Ann Moss, who I was surprised did it. You know, and um, we had a great conversations. She's so together. I was really surprised. Not surprised. I guess. I'm not surprised that most people are more together than I am, but um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it was refreshing, and I think she she uh, what is it goes to the beat of her own drum, marches to the beat of her own. Do you have to own. say marches to the beat. Can you say goes mm, to the I beat? Think it's, well, you could say goes to goes to the beat of her own drum. Marches is you know like doing doing in step. She marches to the beat of her own drum. <laughs> yeah, there's a band called the Drums, by the way. There's a song called Money. I want to buy you something. I love money. But I don't have any money. You ever heard it? The drums? No. The drums. Money by the drums. I can't say I have. You got to listen to it. I think you'll dig it. I like money. You like metal though, don't you? I like everything, but I especially like metal. You do. Do you like yeah. Def Leppard? Yeah, of course. Sweet. Uh, great podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, without further ado, let's get inside of Carrie Ann Moss. It's my point of view. Listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Hey folks, wanted to highlight something important before today's episode. In case you weren't aware, myself and many of the guests are on strike alongside SAG, AFTRA, and WGA. Today's episode and any we air before the strike ends were recorded before it began. So this is just a heads up in relation to some for the topics we may discuss. If you want more info on the strike, visit sagafterstrike.org. Now let's get into it. I mean, I love. is it true that you were named after the Carrie Ann song by the Hollies? Is that true, actually? Because sometimes Wikipedia, you know. Yeah, it is true. I love it that song. Yeah, I was number one the day I was born. I think my mom had, um, uh, she had a, another name picked for me. And then she heard the song, uh, well, she, I think after she had me and she changed her mind. So there you go. Really? Yeah. That's, I could just, if you guys haven't heard that song, hey, <laughs> Carrie Ann, what's your game now? That's a really good, the Hollies, right? Yeah, what that was, was a fun song. What was her big yeah. hit? They had a big hit. I forget. I, I kind of visualize it on the other side of the the record because <laughs> I forty five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's uh all I need is the air that I breathe. The air that there I breathe. Go. There you go. Oh man, I miss that music. I miss the seventies and eighties. I know it's such a good time. We were so lucky. Yeah. Do you listen to anything now? By the way, do you listen to any music now, or do, are you really stuck back in? Back in the day. No, I listen to all my, all the new stuff. I have a, my, my daughter is almost 14 and we do a lot of driving together. And so she has some pretty epic playlists and has introduced me to kind of all that new 
you know, 13, 14 year old uh, music, um, <laughs> which is very catchy and fun and something I would never have any clue about if it wasn't for her and those long drives. But yeah, I love music. I love singing. She sings, we sing in the car. I think it's, you know, I always say like, when my kids are singing, uh, I know they're all well, like they're, you know, they're, you know, you can, it just is like medicine for your heart just to sing. So I love to do that. And I love to do it in my car. It's happy. Do you sing loudly? I mean, do you act like, I mean, if people are watching you, would you be embarrassed if someone was filming you? Never. No, Uh, maybe probably. (laughs) But do you sing well? You can sing well, huh? Well, I mean, I love singing. I don't know if I sing well anymore. I used to sing pretty well when I was younger. I went to a high school um, in Vancouver where we had like a really, really good choir and band. And so we traveled all over Europe, like singing in all the cathedrals. So I was in like a jazz choir and in um, in all kinds of different choirs. And um, yeah, love music was sort of my first love. I mean, I always wanted to be an actor, but I love um, I love singing Um but I don't, you know, I only do it for fun. It's, it's personal, you know? You know, I always said that too. And I, I, I'd rather be a rock star than a, an actor or, you know, it just, there was something about it that I just, I just loved, but I always felt like, ah, you're not that great of a singer. Ah, you're not that great of a guitarist. You, you don't sing like Adam Lambert. Don't do it. And then all of a sudden I turned like 45 and I was like, I just, I've always loved this. Why not do it? And And the reason why I didn't do it, I think is because, I was always worried about what other people thought and how they would perceive me and how they'd put my music down and how they'd judge me. And then I said, why is that holding you back? And I'd said hell with it. And I put together a band and I've recorded three albums in the last three years. And I'm just like, and I'm loving it. And it's not like it's making a lot of money, but it's something I love. Do you have any passions like that where, you know, you, you do it and you love it, but you wish that this was what you did besides singing, of course. Yeah. I mean, I have a real passion for, um, for wellness. So, you know, if people I'm kind of, I have a detective mind. So I have a tendency to, um, like when I'm working on a show or something, if people are dealing with some kind of like health issue, like I get really into it and, you know, I have quite a few friends that are amazing doctors and healers and all kinds of things. So I, I I enjoy that. Like, I think if I, I never went to college, it never crossed my mind to go to college. I always wanted to be an actor, but if I was to look at kind of what I love now, I might have been a doctor. I I do enjoy like, you know, I've met some really great doctors in my time um, in my life and doctors that really think outside the box and are detective like, and understand, you know, um, more than just sort of like individual, like, oh, you're going to this person for this thing and this thing, instead of like looking at the whole person, looking at your whole life, looking at your emotional life, all that. I find that very fulfilling and I enjoy doing that. And I, I like to, you know, to, um, support people and, and not that I know and not that I know what to do, but I, I listen and I research and I might offer a perspective that they hadn't thought of. That's happened quite a few times. Oh man, yeah. you, you opened Pandora's, uh, Pandora's box or Pandora. Um, wow. Well, first of all, you're on the right podcast because, you know, I think inadvertently this podcast kind of evolved into mental health and, you know, mm-hmm. and I talk about my anxiety and dysfunction and people talk about death and 
Frank Grillo, he's a great actor. He was just on, he talked about he lost his mother and father within a year and, mm. um, and one of his best friends and, you know, how he got through that. And, you know, this is something that it's become and it's helped so many people, which I was like, what? I don't understand. But when guests like you talk about that stuff, because there's, there was always a stigma, you know, with, you know, therapy and talking about your emotions. And I think that's getting better nowadays. And it's sort of, but it's, it's, it's very helpful. And I love that you talk about that. And it's funny. You say you like helping people on set because I text Kristen Ritter and I said, well, what can you tell me about Carrie Ann Moss? <clears throat> and this is her text to me. Oh. You ready to be embarrassed? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> One of the most important people I've ever met in my life. All the good things I know about are, are from her. She's the person I go to for mothering advice, health, essential oils, when I'm not doing great, she's a first stop. She's a true friend like family. One of the greatest gifts of my life has been her friendship. And then she said, there was a day on Jessica Jones on, on a season where she got a terrible migraine. She was in really rough shape and she had to work anyway. And she came and you can't, you had to work, but you came in on your day off to help her through it and support her and massage her and use your magic oils. I was like, what? I would never come in on my day off. <laughs> I mean, who does that? That is just like, is that just, she says, that's just who you are. And I had a feeling when I met you that I'd be like, oh my God, I need someone like this. I need someone. So, cause I could just tell right away how calming you are. How, oh, you I don't just, know about that. I, I mean, I definitely <laughs> have that vibe and I can have that vibe, but you know, I'm just like every person. I have many sides and, um, but I, um, I do love helping people and, um, I have a, a deep love for Kristen. And I also understand the pressure and, um, stress of being number one on a show and what that takes. And I, you know, being older now, I'm, you know, three or four on the call sheet it, generally. And it's it's actually a super great gift of, you know, a long career of working hard and putting in all those hours, you know, kind of it's it's definitely not as vigorous in terms of, you know, sometimes it is, but in general, I'm making kind of a general um, assessment there. But um, so, yeah, it's, it was my honor to go and support her. I have three children. So Jessica Jones was like a really huge um, sort of step out of my comfort zone because I hadn't really left them to work. Um, I'd worked a very, I worked really, um, not very often had to be kind of really perfect. And in terms of schedule and if I could bring them when they were little, like I never left them and, but it got harder as they went to school. So it was hard to work. It's hard to go away to work. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's 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 like, 
the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. Found, I got Rocket Money. <laughs> okay, I found one. It. I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming, dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I don't like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. And Jessica Jones came at a time and I said, okay, I'm can I do this? Like, can I go have an apartment in New York and like fly back and forth? I'd fly back and forth to LA, like, I don't know, 20 times a month. I mean, I just go to work where I'd show up, work, get on the plane, go back. How exhausting was that? It was, it was really, it was, I mean, listen, it was a real adjustment. Um, I had been living like a life of like being, really in a nourishing kind of bubble with my children. Like I'm very, I love being a mom. And, um, so like, you know, there's a rhythm to that. Right. 
And so I was really like hesitant to step out of it. But I also believe and I also know that stretching out of your comfort zone and doing things that feel really like you can't do it is so good for you. And I grew so much. And a lot of that growth, Kristen really supported because like, I know it sounds so silly, but like, I didn't even know like really how to use my phone. Like at that time, like I I really didn't Uber what, like, (laughs) like, I mean, I really had zero idea. Like I was away, like having kids and the whole industry changed. Um, the whole world changed basically while I was at home making breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, and I was, it, it was like jarring and she just would like go, okay, here, give me your phone, you know, or it sounds such a, it's such a little tiny thing that she did for me, but she just kind of has this really, like, she's very business minded and she's yeah. very, very creative, very professional. She knows how to get things done. And I, I am as well, but I'd been in this sort of softer kind of nourishing, nurturing kind of vibe that I I wasn't sure how I could do it. And so she was very supportive of that and helped me a lot. So it was definitely our relationship is, is very equal in what we give each other. Um, and we care about each other. We've been through things together. You know, it's tough to go to work and have a, a, like a, a headache, like she had like, like brutal. How did you know? Did you, it was your day off, right? So I, I can't remember if she texted me or if, if somebody texted me and told me, I can't remember, but. And you just came to set. You said, I'm just going to set. I'm going to help her. Yeah. 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 That's extraordinary. It's, it's, it's what we all need to think about with, with our lives. It yeah. feels good, right? It feels, yeah. it's not like it feels good to be supporting other people. It feels good to be supported. It feels good to be part of community. It feels good to be connected to other people and to care, you know, about other people. I mean, it, it's only a win-win, right? Yeah. But I don't know, like, are you in, look, I know you're Canadian, so <laughs> you're probably in, you know, it's, it's just part of you. Cause I know a lot of Canadians and they're all so such kind people. Like I'm sure there are bad Canadians, but for the most part, the ones that I've met, there's something calming, there's something sweet, there's something honest about them. I don't know what it is, but um, is it something that you grew up with? I know your mom raised you, right? Mm-hmm. Was was she like that? Was like yeah? Did- I mean, she's she's a kind person. You know, my family my fi- my family are filled with kind people for sure. Um. You know, I, I don't know. And and I have to say like Kristen inspired something in me in that moment. Like I knew that she needed that help and, you know, you just do that when it matters. Right. Yeah. How was it like, what was it like growing up in like Burnaby? Cause that's where I filmed Smallville in Burnaby for, okay. for seven years. I mean, I guess 10 in a way. Um, but you know, Burnaby is not the, I don't, I'm not putting Burnaby down, but I just, I, I just know it as like kind of commercial and maybe I didn't see the, all the beauty. Was oh, I missing something? I don't think something? I saw any beauty. <laughs> I don't think I saw any beauty. And I think, you know, I live very rural now and, um, I love nature and I, you know, I would consider, although there was a lot of beauty, I'm sure like I would notice now, but at the time you're a teenager, you're just you know, you're young, you're just kind of going to school and figuring out how you're going to get out of there. You know, like, I just remember thinking, I I would look at my sidewalk and think, I cannot wait to get out of here. And it wasn't like I hated it or anything like that. And I I say that to my kids all the time. Like, 
that's part of what motivates you to do things in your life. And, you know, like to have dreams and, you know, to push yourself out of your comfort zone again, right. To just sort of imagine like there's a whole world out there. And, um, so growing up in Burnaby, I think if I look back at it now, I had, you know, I, I walked to school every day. Um, and I have kids and they've never walked to school. So we, you know, it's like school is just not, it's just not like that anymore. Like, I mean, I'm sure it is, but like our schools aren't close enough to walk. Although, you know, I walked 45 minutes, like I'm not seeing my kids going like, I'm going to walk 45 minutes or even me saying you're going to walk 45 minutes. It's it's a different time. You know, we were latchkey. I was a latchkey kid. Um, that generation of just a, a different kind of independence. I think that we, that people of my generation, um, got, and, um, I really couldn't get out of there quick enough. And as beautiful as Vancouver is like, I've never really wanted to go back and do that. Um, live there or anything like that. I've considered it maybe when I first had children, you get really nostalgic about your own life. And Um, and then you go back and you see, wow, it's completely changed. It's no longer the way it was. And, and, and you can't replicate your childhood. You just kind of bring what you like, leave the rest. And, and um, so, yeah, growing up in Burnaby, I mean, I did have a lot of opportunities that um, I think is kind of interesting. I'm sure my mom was the one to figure all that out, but I was part of a group that sang and danced all over and like a couple of us went on to do pretty well. Um, who, when you and, say a couple of us, who were those people? Um, I'm forgetting right now. Like I know I'm completely blanking, but I think there's two other women that ended up having really nice careers, but I'm, I'm totally, That's totally all right. blanking now. Um, so that was kind of interesting, you know, to, because I'm always looking for those kinds of things for, for like, say my daughter. And I find it kind of hard to find, um, but I, and again, I went to this high school, um, public high school that, you know, I was, you know, did plays that were like written for our school. Um, I traveled all over Europe singing, you know, in cathedrals with that beautiful acoustics and just, I mean, you know, going to Europe and never have been. And I remember they, they gave us like a an allowance, like for our, we, our breakfast was always included in like the pension or the hostel we stayed. In. And then you got like your lunch money and then we would all come to dinner. So you had, you know, you had your money for lunch and I took my money <laughs> and I got my haircut, like really short, like really like cool and short and like a new, like, I look like a completely different person, but I had no money to eat lunch. And I thought that wouldn't be a big deal until I was like really <laughs> hungry. So then I had to call my mom and she ended up like, you know, wiring me, right? Wiring How me. How old are you uh, at this point? I'm like 16. She's wiring you like money. The, I'm with the school, right? 16. Yeah, I'm 16. And, um, and my mom said that when I got off the plane, she was just like, her breath was, she her, just her breath was taken away because I had just transformed, you know? I'd just gone out of where I came from and and the smell and the feel and the sound. And it just, it, it informed me. I just always wanted to like, see what is out there. That's brave though. See, I didn't have the wherewithal or the, I, I, the confidence. I, I just, I, I grew up in a small town in Indiana and I was kind of surrounded by dysfunction. You know, my family was completely, you know, all over the place. And I was just kind of, I just felt like this lost little kid. And of course Mm. I dreamed of like, Oh, this, but I, I just, I never thought it would, would ever happen. I don't know how, I mean, and the way it happened was was pretty crazy. I won't bore you with that shit. But um, 
Oh, I want to hear. No, no, I, well, I'll tell you some other time. But it's <laughs> just like, you know, I, I couldn't imagine. I remember my dad, I went to hockey camp for a week. And that was just terrifying. It was in Canada. And they left me. And I, and it was just so jarring. But it sounds like. you? you um, probably 14, 15. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I know. I don't know. It's interesting, right? How like, did you have that? Cause did you ever, were you anxious as a kid? Did you have anxiety? Were you sad kid? Were you happy? No, or- no, no. I was really late. You know, I was born with a very sunny disposition. Um, that's, you know, every picture of me as a baby, as I'm laughing and I remember just, um, I, you know, I'm not saying that I don't have, that I haven't accessed some, other parts of the emotional life of a human being, but my early years, um, I just was somehow, uh, I, and I think it, it came from my mom. My mom was a young mom and like our home was very simple. We didn't have money. It was just, but it never felt like it, it, it just felt cozy and close, you know? And I just didn't struggle with, I was always confident. And I mean, listen, I'm not saying confident, like, you know, definitely all that girl stuff that happens, um, like in middle school, I definitely dealt with a lot of that stuff. But like, I was bullied at one point when I was in high school. What did they bully you uh, about? um, I was bullied by about three girls who really had an issue with the fact that I thought I was going to do well in life. And I don't even know how they, I mean, I, I, I wore dresses and I wanted to be a model and, and you know, their whole thing was like, I thought I was hot shit. That's what they would write in the bathroom on the wall or whatever. And, and, and I mean, I mean, maybe I was in like, I think I was in like 10th grade, ninth or 10th grade. And they would follow me down the hallway and just kind of like throw things at me from the behind and like, just sort of, you know, just kind of agitate me, you know? And I never went like home and told my mom or anything like that. I wasn't even, I was just, I was, it was, it was, uh, I think about it now and I, you know, now that I have kids and I'm just like, wow, I'm kind of impressed of how, how I dealt with it. One day I was, um, you know, I'd go in the bathroom, they'd write things in like marker about me and stuff. And, and I didn't even know them. Like, like, you know, like at lunch break, me and my best friend would sit in the sewing room, like pulling out pictures of like supermodels in the big magazines that you'd do the sewing things. And we'd make scrapbooks and we'd make vision boards. And like, I was like, really, you know, I wasn't like, super popular or anything, you know, I just, I was, I was not, not popular, but I was just kind of like, I was friends with like everybody kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But you didn't let these girls bother you. It sounds like you just kind of, well, no, what happened was, is that I was walking down the hallway in like a skirt and like clogs, you know, and like kind of, it was probably pink or blue or something, something they really didn't like. And they were really taunting me. And I remember thinking inside of myself, I would rather they they beat the crap out of me right now than live another day with this feeling. And so I turned around and I said, let's go right now. Wait, you challenged yep. these three girls to a yep. fight? Yep. And what happened? They walked away. What? Isn't that crazy? They walked away? Yeah. That would never happen to me. 
If I turned around and said, let's go, I'd be knocked out probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it would, they were just more just getting off on just the power and not really wanting to execute it. Yeah. And, and I remember like I was shaking. I mean, I was terrified, but I was just like, uh, let's go right now. Let's fight. And I'm in like a skirt, you know, and they're I... in jeans. And you know what I mean? Like, but I just was like, you know what? I can't live with the, this feeling. Like, are they around the corner? Are they behind me? Am I going to be walking to the bathroom? Like it was this sort of overwhelming feeling that I didn't, I decided in a moment I didn't want it anymore. And so if it meant that, that we had to face it and work it out. And I was not like a fighter girl. I mean, right, right. Except with boys when you're young and you're playing and you're like the girls against the boys, or whatever, you know. But yeah, I was pretty brave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. You know, I had um that I did this did happen once. This guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him I shouldn't say his real name, right? I don't know. I don't even know the girl's name. I'll just say it. This honestly, guy. I didn't know them at all. Like I didn't know them at all. Well, I remember this guy's name. Bryce, you could bleep it if you want, but his name was Davey Barnes. And he just would always kind of like like you said, he would just like kind of throw an eraser at me or something. And I just go, you know, like, what the fuck, man? And I was really small, smallest kid in my high school. And, you know, didn't start puberty till late. Girls weren't into it. <laughs> just nothing. I was, it was, I didn't exist, as my brother said. He goes, you didn't, but that was with my family. He said I didn't exist, but I didn't exist really in high school. And I remember <clears throat> after health education class, I had my books and this guy comes over and just boom, knocks my books out of my hand. And I just, I picked them up and kind of like, I said, dick. And then the next week I walked out of class and he did it again. And I, the whole class, I thought, I got to say something. I'm going to do something. I, I'm going to, and I just immediately went up to him. I go, if you do that again, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. Don't fucking do that again. I just screamed in his face. He goes, whoa, whoa, like calm down. But he never did it again. He never did it again. He could have kicked my ass, but he just, he just was like, yeah, yeah, I guess it's no longer any fun when, when the person that you feel power over goes, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I'm not playing this role anymore with you. I'm changing the dynamic. I mean, I'm not saying that that's what happened. I don't know. I really didn't think much of it until I, you know, until I had kids and, you know, and just realized, wow, like that was pretty brave, you know? Yeah. Um, well yeah. But um yeah. 
Interesting. Interesting to the dynamic. I think it's um, a lot different now, um, but I'm sure people get bullied still. And I mean, online and all that crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. Was your, was your dad, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about it. Was your dad around or was he? Yeah, yeah I was, um, um, I was raised by my stepfather until I was about 14. Um, and my parents got divorced, but I actually didn't meet my real father until any, I mean, I knew him when I was a baby and then, um, was re, um, acquainted with him around 14. And then, um, um, yeah. And I, I'm close to my, my biological father's now, like, you know, we have a relationship. My stepfather passed away when I was um, 27, I think. Right. Is, is it what, I kind of my really, I have to say that when I think of my childhood, I think of my mom and my brother and I, you know, that was my, like when you, you know, you think about your, your core people, like that's the sure. image that I have in my mind. Did you have like a lot? I'm sure you weren't like immediately like, all right, we're, you know, when you're 14, he hasn't been really in the picture and you're saying, why weren't you around? Did you have all those questions? Well, yeah. I mean, I think I processed a lot of, um, of, yeah, I, you process throughout your life, whatever it is. I think a lot of, I mean, you know, I don't think I was aware of it. I think when I became, you know, started acting, um, I think acting is really part, part of why a lot of us are drawn to it. You really do get to work out a lot of your own stuff through the work, which is kind of incredible. Obviously, it can be hard if you're not, if you don't have a good grounded in yourself. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think I don't, I don't have those feelings anymore. Um, you know, those feelings of abandonment or, or whatever, I don't even really remember. And that's what I love about life, right? Is that if you look at any opportunity, any situation in your life, um, that's challenged you or that you have an emotional, um, agitation toward you have the opportunity to completely transform it and heal from it. And that's how I've grown in my life is I've looked at anything negative, um, and felt the feelings gone through whatever I need to go through. And then I always ask myself, what can I learn? And that's to me, like a super, like a super skill. Yeah, that really is. I mean, um, Keeps life real interesting too. It took me too long to sort of just accept, forgive, and just move on. And I think whether you like it or not, for me, I think that there's still that inner child buried deeply in there that still feels certain things. And then as long as you could pinpoint and sort of, that's why I'm acting like that, or that's why I feel that way. That's not a real feeling. That's because you felt that as a kid. That's not now. And when I was able to forgive, you know, my parents and sort of through a lot of therapy and EMDR <laughs> and all other things, but when I was able to do that, it, it was cathartic. It was certainly something that helped me. And I, I, I believe that when you forgive and you could truly get past something, that's the healing. That's the, that's when you start to feel better and, you know, all the, all the things that, take over or feel like so overwhelming, like anxiety and depression, all these things, they start to go away because a lot of them are caused by those feelings, you know, that you don't let go and you hold on and they're just, so yeah, I, I understand that. I think that's, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Like just seeing the bright side of things and things get dark and people have a lot, 
a lot of dark shit, but, um, yeah, I think forgiveness is huge. Uh, we haven't even talked about your career. Good God. I, I, but I like this. I told you, um, this is what I like to talk about. Um, so you started acting at a young age. Was your mom very cool about it? Like, yeah, this is what she wants to do. She wants to go be a model. When did you know you wanted to become an actor? Uh, my whole life for sure. Like since I was really little, what um, was it? Huh? What was it about acting? Oh, well, I think, I mean, at the time I thought it was just this divine calling, but now I think it was just cause I watched so much TV, you know? Yeah. I grew up watching a lot of TV and I think that it just sort of like, um, permeated my, my being. And I wanted to be a storyteller, you know, I wanted to be a part of telling stories and, you know, I, my mom was not supportive of me doing anything like as a young person, like I was part of these, these, you know, dance troops and singing groups. But she said, when you're old enough to do it on your own, then, you know, take yourself to an audition, but which is such good advice. And I, I highly recommend that to people with kids. Um, it's better to wait. Um, and, um, and then I just, um, yeah, I started modeling I guess when I graduated high school, uh, I wasn't sure like how to be an actor. I didn't know what you do. Um, I'd never knew. I, well, I did know someone who was an actor because at my school, Michael J. Fox went to my school, which what? is crazy. Did you know him? Yeah, I went to, he went to my elementary school. Well, he was older than me, but I knew of him. And um, of course, there are so many Canadian actors now, but at the time, um, you also didn't know if people were Canadian, right? Because we didn't have Wikipedia or you didn't, you know, you didn't know someone's bio or whatever. So I, it just seemed kind of like an un, like, I don't know, how do you do that? Um, but my dream was pretty, um, the, the, the fire in me was pretty strong. Did you think, so then, yeah, go, yeah. Go, go continue. Yeah. I, I always have questions that I'm thinking of, but go. Yeah. Yeah. And then I moved to, um, I moved to Toronto to, to model and I was modeling there. And then I moved to, I went to Japan and did there. And then I moved to Europe, um, and I um, was in Spain and modeling and stuff like that. And then I had an audition when I was in Spain for a TV show, like an American TV show, like a CBS crime time after prime time kind of. And I got like this little part that was a regular role, like in Spain, like it, what's the likelihood that would happen? And I was terrible in it. <laughs> and um, and then they, the next season was in L.A. And so I drove to LA and, you know, I had no money, no car, no green card. No, I got my SAG card from that show and I got a work visa from that show. But I mean, I, I mean, I don't even know how I did it. I mean, I don't, how did we even book airline tickets back then? I have no idea, but without a credit card or whatever, like, was I going there with cash and like handing the cash? I mean, I have no clue. Um, but I do know we were calling collect when we called home. Mm. Um, and then I came to LA and, and, um, and I was in LA That was when I turned, I was just turning 25 and, um, and I just started working a little bit, just enough. And then I got the matrix, you know, and I mean, you did a lot of, of other stuff before that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did TV. I did, you know, I think I was just talking to a friend about this. I did models Inc when I was 20, I six or something. Um, which was a Aaron Spelling show. Yeah. And at the time, you know, like all those Aaron Spelling shows were so big. And I think that probably that show was the biggest learning curve and what set the tone for my whole career. 
because the show was supposed to be huge. Um, we did publicity before we we got into the the publicity um, wheel before the show even shot a day of the show, and I always thought that was odd, and I never got caught in it, like believing it. That's good. And and it you know it wasn't a successful show. We did one season, and I understood pretty early on that our business is very unpredictable. And I use this analogy a lot. Um, I always looked at, at our business like a big fat alcoholic that um, charming, great, fun, but don't rely on it. And so I always had that attitude and not in a negative way. But in a very kind of like, you know, I never really thought about how a show was going to do or a movie was going to do or, I, you know, if it did really well, like I enjoyed it, but I didn't buy into any of it. Because I know how quickly it just like it's this right. <laughs> it's it's Boy, are you it's lucky. That. Are you you're lucky that you had sort of that subconscious, I don't know, insight or whatever. Yeah. Really grateful. It really served me really, really well. Yeah. I didn't have that. I was like, this is going to be huge. I know it's going to be great. It's like it bombs. I'm like, oh my God, what, what happened? Why, why, why this bomb is because of me? Uh, the reviews are bad. I thought this was, I thought this was going to make it. I, yeah. There's all those things. So I'm, it's amazing at that age that you could say, okay, you kind of learned from that show that, Hey, yeah, I learned that. Uh, that that was so that was school for me. I mean, I think of life as school, right? We're con we're uh, we're in school learning about so many different facets of life, and that was really amazing. Like I remember when the Matrix came out, and it was really huge. And I was with some friends. We were in like on a vacation somewhere, and and I really don't ever really do that, so it was kind of a big deal. And they, a few of the friends were like in the business and were calling the phone line to find out the numbers. Like, I didn't even know there were the numbers. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I certainly didn't know that you called some line to get the numbers and they're telling me and I'm like, okay, um, that's, that's cool. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you weren't <laughs> excited or you were just like, no, I, I just didn't really buy into it. Incredible. I, I think the only time that I got really excited about it was I went to a theater that wasn't a like premiere theater where, you know, the applause and stuff like that, like half the people in the room made the movie. And so it's really hard. It's not a gauge of, you know, you know, the truth. And I went to like Hollywood, um, went into see the movie with an audience, like a real audience. And, um, and the response that uh, that floored me, that just floored me. And and especially the lineup <laughs> hadn't seen that since I was a kid going yeah. to the movies and stuff. And then, you know, within the first few minutes of the movie with people completely cheering for the character that I played, I was just like that moved my heart in a way that like that felt really amazing. But it wasn't like I was looking outside of myself for that validation. I just felt so good. And, and then to see all the conversations and stuff that people would have. And yeah, it was really cool. But I, 
I don't know. I just don't attach myself to the for, to the outcome or the or the end result of anything because you just don't know. You don't know, and as as soon as you start to, you know, get your self worth from those kinds of external things, um, you, your world becomes so difficult. Whereas if you stay in yourself and you know that you're enough, whether you're working or not working, whether your movie did great or it didn't do great. And the other attitude that I always have, and maybe this is goes back to the first story about Kristen is I, it matters to me, the impact I have on an actual set, um, as a human being with the crew, with the cast, um, for me, if I look at every job that I've done, I I probably wouldn't be able to tell you much about what it it's about. Or, I mean, obviously Matrix and Memento, probably you know some things, of course, because right. I've had to talk about them so much. But, but what I remember are the relationships I had with different crew members, different things that happened, babies that were born, um, you know, family members that died. Like, um, those are the things that I remember when I watch an album. Oh yeah, I remember that day that happened. Like. Carrie Ann Moss, to me. you are an anomaly. Do you understand this? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You are an anomaly. I, I, I just, I am the opposite of that, and and am trying, have tried, and have improved. Where I didn't get that validation at home, I didn't get that love, I didn't get that unconditional feeling that you know you had that you carried with you, and so I looked for external things i looked for if i got this part uh I'm, I'm good it must mean i'm good everybody likes me my agents are happy people are happy and then it's a success and then oh it's a part okay i but it's like you know i always say it's like yeah a and i had i had moments listen i had moments of that too um especially in the beginning and i just decided pretty early on that that was a really shitty way to live yep it is and so like and 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 to be honest like i would have people that didn't really believe that this was genuine like what i'm talking about because maybe they hadn't seen it but i believed that if a job had my name on it it was mine and that i had to show up and do the work but if it had your name on it then that was your your destiny like i brought this sort of larger view um, not only because I, it felt good to do that, but I knew that I wouldn't be able to handle the rejection and all of those things if I was holding on or, you know, com I'm a very competitive person, but I'm not competitive in that way. Like if I want a job, like I want to get that job, but I adding this layer of faith in my journey, just it just makes everything, it, it makes you so much more relaxed when you walk into the room. It makes you, cause I I've gone into rooms really wanting a job and thinking, you know, it's going to like, I need the money and, and, you know, people will think I'm good. And, you know, I, all those things, it doesn't feel good. So I just was like, okay, so I want to do this. I'm here, I'm making enough money, you know, and I'm so lucky. I'm in that small percentage of people who are actually make enough money to pay my bills. And I don't have to have another job yet. Um, but like, how am I going to actually do this and keep doing it? And I was like, I'm going to have to crack this code. I'm going to have to crack the code that if I'm on my couch and I'm not working, that I know that I'm enough. And that was not easy to do, but it became the work. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That, that's that amazing. helped. Yeah. Helped I would say. 
Do you, um, I know you probably talked, talked about this ad nauseum, but was the matrix the most difficult job you've ever it had to be at that, at that point, but like physically, mentally, the amount of work, um, was it something you didn't expect in terms of preparation? You were like, I couldn't imagine the amount of work it actually was when you first signed it was on. such a joy like every minute of it was such a joy that i think i i did tougher movies that were like you know low budget in the winter in toronto cold and like you know no you know what i mean like doing nights like like that's hard right the matrix of course it was so much work but we had so much support um, which I had never had before. So we have, you know, you have your trainer and you have somebody making your food and you've got a driver and, you know, Keanu and I became very close through that process. He was very supportive and Lawrence was super supportive and Hugo, we had this family relationship that supported us. So, um, I never think of it like, oh my God, that was hard. Like I, I would go to work even when I didn't work just to watch. Cause I didn't want to miss any of it, you know, because I was like, I've been watching, Keanu or Lawrence or Hugo practicing that fight for four months. I got to go see it. I got to see what it looks like. Um, I mean, and this was pre being married and pre having children, you know, I can't really do that anymore because, um, you know, I'll do it occasionally if there's something that I really want to see, but in general, I don't really, I don't go to work anymore. But <laughs> I mean, for like resurrections that just came out, which is yeah. freaking incredible. I mean, what, how much harder if you look back when you were a lot you were you were younger when the first matrix came out how i mean how many years i was 30 yeah and now doing this how much harder for you to tackle this immense project again we had the support and um and i was just so excited about doing it um there was a lot of mental preparation that had to go into some of the action um, the actual physical action, you know, I didn't do a heck of a lot. Um, um, so, you know, it was, it was different. Um, but I was just so happy to be a part of it. Cause I just didn't see that coming. You know, I think of myself as pretty intuitive. I have really good, like, you know, senses and like that really shocked me. Yeah. And people were always saying that they thought that it would happen. I was like, no way. Like that is never happening. So I was really shocked. <laughs> was there a, was there, a, did you really have three hours to, uh, of an audition process or training for an audition for the audition for the original matrix? Oh my gosh. I had way more than that. Um, I think I did about six auditions for that. And one of the pieces of the audition was three hours of fighting was action. One part of it was that was, you know, getting with the wire team, the, you know, the Hong Kong, um, team masters, um, and they would just sort of go through the motions and, you know, videotape the person and just, you know, punching, kicking, doing this, doing that. And, um, I remember it always made me laugh that the directors said that when they got my video, um, they were like, you know, every time they would kind of cut back to the guy that I was fighting, he was patting himself up more and more and more. <laughs> I was actually hitting the guy. <laughs> and like, I didn't, I didn't know about like, you don't, you know, hit. I mean, I mean, I don't know how to do that. So I was just, you know, right. I could, I could not walk the next day. I had the, an acting audition uh, for it. It was pre going to do like the screen test with Keanu and I was with the directors and I'm sitting in the chair doing like, one of the big scenes of like waking him up, I think at the end of the movie. And 
I did it one time and the directors, I think it was, it was actually my birthday, my 30th birthday. And the directors asked me if I could stand up. And I said, I actually can't, <laughs> you know, and, and you think about it, right? You're up for a big movie. You do anything, right? Like I actually couldn't, like I, I was in so much pain, um, in places in my body that I didn't even know, like <laughs> that you had muscles there, you know, it was, it was intense. Wow. Um, Did you know that was there someone else in the, in the running with you? I mean, I didn't know. I mean, now you hear everybody was up for it. It's like kind of funny. And my husband will go, oh, so-and-so said they were up for it. I, I didn't, I wasn't privy to any of that. And, and, you know, they let me know. I was, I think they had like a week to tell me after the screen test, you know, you sign everything, right? Just like if you're doing a series or whatever, right? And, um, and so they had a week to tell me and then come that Friday, they asked for another week. So I think they really didn't want me and I think the directors were really fighting for me. Um, I really didn't think I was going to get that. Like, I, again, though, I trusted, like, if my name's on it, my name will be on it. Like, how great it is just to, you know, have the auditions. And I met, you know, Keanu and we had such a lovely connection. And I just felt like, wow, this is, this is, this is turning my career, whether I get this or not, because I'm experiencing something that I, have never experienced. And that energy will I'll take with me to the next thing or whatever. I really yeah. did not think in a million years that I would ever get it. Yeah. I, I worked I was with, completely shocked, completely shocked. That's amazing. I worked with Keanu and, uh, I did a movie called sweet November and I was in drag and I worked with him for a couple of weeks and every dance. I mean, I honestly, when people ask me about Keanu, I'm like, I have these videos that I, I still have that I've never even watched again of like us on set. And I'd come in and drag and I go, hello, Keanu, you know, <laughs> and he'd be like, hello, how are you? Good to see you. And I was like, yeah. and we would talk about stuff and he, you know, always he'd tell me about the, the movies and he was just like He's such fine. a great guy. Like I, I'm not, I'm not even sugarcoating it. It was like, I had nothing, his work ethic, like he just wants to be the best that he can be. And he wants to put as much into it. And that's, I only worked with him two weeks. You've known him practically 20 something years. And like, I mean, you've probably said it a million times, but what's the one thing that you think of when you think of Keanu? Oh gosh. I mean, he's such a good person. Um, and you know, good person seems so silly. Um, he's so thoughtful, you know, he really, um, supported me through that process. And we were definitely partners in, in the evolution of that journey. And, um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it any other way than, you know, he, he just was so supportive and, and such a good friend. We still are such good friends and, you know, he's really thoughtful and he works really hard. So you, you have a vision of the bar and that inspires you. You know, he inspires me even now I went off and I'm doing, I did this, um, star Wars show and I, I have a big fight in it. Acolyte. And yeah. And ha after having just worked with Keanu again, like in resurrections, um, I felt in a way like I channel, I could feel, you know, cause I didn't have him there to like feel that motivation. Right. And I had a really incredible experience getting ready for that fight. It was really hard at first, you know, there's kind of a process of 
fighting. And uh, I really loved it, actually. It was really, um, it really was, you know, after the initial couple couple weeks of, you know, learning choreography, you're sore, you're learning choreography, you can't remember it. It's like, oh my God, how am I ever going to do this? And then the third week, it started to click in. And then, and, you know, three weeks, I'm used to having three months, you know, to, to, to fight. And, um, and then you get on, on set and that magic happens and um, with the fighting. And I really loved it, actually. It was really fun. But he definitely, like, I would feel him kind of like um, his energy, my time with him, um, his words, how I know him, what I've seen about him what were with me um through the process because it was I was on my own you know I didn't have my 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 bestie over there you know <laughs> like good you could do it or whatever I just channeled it which is kind of fun did you, know? you ever did you ever call him during that and just say hey I, I, you know and tell him that or did you just you, yeah I let him know yeah you, I tell him you that. did yeah great Carrie Ann that's great <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate yeah, that. You have like, you have, you, you do these things with someone, you know, you go through things with other people and that whatever it is, right. In our lives with friends, with colleagues, with family members, good, bad, whatever, you know, it, it, it informs you and impacts you. And yeah, he's definitely impacted me in a very positive way. Was it overwhelming working with uh, Christopher Nolan? on memento was that was that oh no not at all that was like he was so such a gentleman and he was so um that was such an incredible i really as an actor that was my favorite job i've ever done oh yeah um because you know that feeling that you have which i have felt in acting class but is very hard to get between action and cut where you forget that you're acting. Yeah. <laughs> it's just rare. Really tough, you know, and it's like, you get, I, I mean, I've maybe had it, I would say in on screen, like two or three times, you know, it's that, it's that fleeting, right. It, it, it's that fleeting, um, you know, where you forget you just in it. And, um, he created that energy and, um, I, really love that. Like, like Trinity, for instance, like I love her. It was challenging to play her because she's so still and every mo movement, it's like, you know what I mean? It's so upright. It's so, you know, centered. There's this quality of, of stillness with her. That isn't really my like I have to like, I had to put a lid on like every little thing and at the same time access the life. Right. And right. that's, you know, at times I would feel completely um, like just the mark on the floor, just the T that we stand on. Like I would feel like that was jail. You know what I mean? Like, I just like, it was like, can I not have a T? Like, I mean, I literally, it was like that. Like, can yeah. we take the middle T out? Like I'm already confined enough. I, I need the mental bandwidth to like, channel something right and of course the directors are so brilliant and the shots are so brilliant you know but with 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 memento like and as i'm moving my body i can just feel like how free i felt wow. there was a freedom in the acting um that i really enjoy i like that like i love like 70s 80s movies right oh, i like yeah. that naturalism and that a shot you know, that holds like the that. actors and lets them 
breathe and act and it's not so many cuts. Right. I love that. Me I too. love the breath of the moments. I love not knowing what's happening. <laughs> so I really got to have that experience with Christopher Nolan and he was not intimidating. I, 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 that's like a word I would never imagine to use <laughs> for him. I love that. And I mean, that shows I, you, that shows you the confidence in a director when they're like, they don't, it doesn't have to be this. It just, I want you to feel what you're feeling. I want. He really stepped back. He created the environment. And then Guy and I just were like dancing. Like it was really, it was really fascinating. You know, he did all that work on that really great script and, and, um, and then really allowed us the space to um, have the freedom. I love Guy Pierce. That's how I felt anyway. Yeah. I love Guy Pierce. Yeah, me too. I think he's He's the best part of, uh, LA confidential. I think he's like the best in everything he does. I, I just am engaged and uh I'm I'm straight, but I think he's hot. He's a he's hot great. guy. He's an amazing actor. He's an very amazing- good. I, I remember at the time, and not that it matters, right? Like awards, who cares? But like I was really surprised that he 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 didn't yeah. uh, receive that for those kinds of accolades because he was so good. <laughs> Yeah, he always. You know, who knows? Who knows how all that, all that. Stuff You've won works a lot out. of awards, by the way. Huh? You've won a lot of awards. Who did you? Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've won a couple <laughs> of them, but you know, and I won one for that, like my a Spirit Award, which I was completely shocked about. Like, but I think about it now, and I'm like, why wasn't he there? Like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We know how all that stuff goes now. And, and yeah. Do you have awards? Do you have awards like at your house or do you just not even? Yeah, I got a, I got a few and I kind of don't know what to do with them. Um, I was actually, the only reason I'm actually thinking about it right now is because I have an office up here and I was like, it's kind of like, it's, it's a loft space. It's really got a great vibe. It has no door and it's kind of, it's kind of tricky. Like you hit your head, like on the, on the wall, on the ceiling a lot. And I have a lot of books. Like I love books and I have a few of these, um, these awards. And I was like, what do you do with them? Like, where do you put them? I got my Saturn award up there. My friends make fun of me. They're like, yeah, where's your Uranus award? I'm like, shut up. All right. Bad joke. All right. This is called shit talking with Carrie Ann Moss. These are my top tier patrons. They just ask quick questions. It's rapid fire. So go to patreon.com slash inside of you support the podcast. Thank you. Um, Okay. Nathan J with daredevil being revived. Any chance we'll see you once again in the MCU Marvel universe. I don't know. Would you do it? Haven't heard anything. Sure. I love playing um, Jerry Hogarth. She was fun. Nico P. What was your experience like on the TV show, Chuck? Uh, I just talked to Zach and I go, what do you have to say? He texts me, goes, she's insanely talented and gorgeous. And I completely geeked out on that show when she arrived. I had a lot of fun. Again, that was a job that I, like a job was shot in LA and it was the first time I'd gone to work since I'd had kids. Like, re, like it was sort of like a tryout. Like, could I do it? I went to work and I was like in shock. Like everyone's on their phones, right. On the set. Like, like I just literally felt like I had stepped into like <laughs> the weirdest, <laughs> like the whole world changed. Um, but that was fun. I enjoyed that. He's really talented. Yeah. He's Yvonne, so good. Um, Yeah. That's great. Leanne, who was the one person that believed in you when no one else did? And have you ever paid it forward? Um, Oh, well, my mom has always believed in me. Um, And I have to say that anyone who didn't 
uh, gave me a gift because it fueled me. Yeah. And have I paid it forward? I hope so. Yeah. I think you're paying it forward right now. Talking to me, telling me about all these things. I, I just want like, I'm like, Oh, maybe the first thing I could do selfishly is go, I think Carrie and Moss can help me. I, uh, <laughs> okay. So you're, are you, you're still, you're the founder of Annapurna living, right? Yeah. And which is so cool. It's a lifestyle brand designed to empower women through mindfulness, meditation, and devotion. Um, how often, how, how much do you work on that? And what, what do you do? And is there anything that we can do out there? Is there a, like the organization to donate or, or is it just kind of just informing them how to live a better life? Uh, it's, it's, it's a labor of love for me. I actually, um, have an, have offerings that I do, like I've done different courses. Um, I'm doing sort of a, a monthly yearly thing right now, which is all about crossing thresholds. Um, and, um, we are, yeah, I, I let, what I do there is something that I do, um, sometimes in the car while I'm waiting for my daughter. Um, I make videos. I've made a lot of content because when I was, you know, having my kids, it started out kind of mother centered. Now it's not so much. It's just really more woman centered and about like connecting to yourself and not looking outside of yourself for the answers and not thinking like somebody else is going to like tell you how to live your life, that you have all the answers, like just bringing women back home to like knowing that they're enough and that, that no one else knows them better than themselves. And that, yeah, you may need support and help here and there, but ultimately if that support and help is not helping you to go back home into your own self, then it's not really helping. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so we um, have conversations on different themes. Um, I've done this for seven years. I used to, I've, I hold a monthly call um, kind of like a circle. Now I do it only four times a year, but I did it every month on the full moon for almost seven years. Even when I was promoting the matrix, like I had all these women and we would just talk about like the messiness of life and like, listen, I don't have it figured out. I'm not an expert, but I'm sure like into like exploring and we use poetry, we use writing prompts, um, just to connect because the life is, life is so distracting and there's so much, um, pull from the self and into like all these different, you know, labels and like you did that and arguments and like sides. It's like, we need people who like are connected to themselves. And when you're connected to yourself, you know what you need and you know how to show up. And so that's what I do. And um, yeah, it's been a real labor of love for me. Um, it's made me grow a lot and making all the videos and stuff um, and holding space. I love to hold space for other people's growth. Not because I know the answer, but I know how to hold space. I love doing that. So it's um, something that I'm not afraid of. I'm not afraid of that. So I've just, um, I decided when I started in for a living that I was sort of tired of like being hired for a job that I wanted to produce my own stuff. I wanted to make my own videos. Like my videos in the beginning, like were with my iPhone on the kitchen floor because it was the only quiet place with terrible lighting. And like, and, and I go, Oh, th that's really, you know, that looks kind of crappy. And I was like, that's the myth I want to bust. Like, that's what I want to like, you know, like I, I do a video cause I, I taught meditation a lot in the beginning. I don't really do that anymore. Um, but I'd be like, Oh, I should really redo that and get into better light. And I'd be like, I don't want to lie. And then, you know, women would comment, 
oh, Carrie Ann looks really tired. And I just wouldn't even engage in that conversation. That's so, freaking so you know awesome. I mean? Like I just, I refuse to engage in the conversation and just get people used to seeing like real people. Like I'm a householder, I'm a mom, I'm, I'm making this video you know, in, in my living room or wherever I don't have, I, I'm, I'm pushing the button myself. I'm editing it. My, I'm not, I didn't edit it. Cause I don't know how to do that, but you know, my one person that works with me, you know, I like, love I don't that. want, I didn't, I didn't want it sleek. I didn't want it to look great. Like I just wanted it to be like real, but that's so. what it always is. That's what, you know, you spend your time on, you don't, but proverbial you on on instagram and you're looking at these things and oh my god that's beautiful and look at that this is look where they are and it's all the sun and the lighting and oh my god everybody's got a better life and, and it's like stop live lie. your life it's, it's all a lie, a lie. and it, by the way what even if it's not a lie it's not yours it's not your life live your own make your own life beautiful that's what i keep trying to tell myself yeah i mean when i i remember when i was in con and matrix was at con and i was pregnant with my first son and I'm at that really fancy La Cap hotel or whatever, you know? And I remember being there and going, well, this is really pretty, but this is not what makes it life. And I looked around, you know, I mean, throughout my years in Hollywood and I know really great people. I've never, I've had such a blessed experience in Hollywood with people that I've met and my experiences and everything. But I was like, you know, being successful, having money is never going to, you know, heal those places inside. And of course it's so cliche. We know that, but I was like, I can't wait to go home. I think I left that press junket early because I was really pregnant. I just needed to be home, you know? And I just, and it wasn't like I was there going, Oh my God, I'm freaked out. It's this or that. I just could see through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I'm not impressed by all of that. It's lovely. I love a good hotel. I love a good bed in a hotel. I love, you know, coffee being brought to me. Like, you know, I, I do love all of that. But if, you know, your actual life, like, if, you know, if you can't find the joy in the mundane, you're totally fucked. You're totally fucked because most of your life will be mundane. So I decided. I was going to love that. And I do like, I love the mundane. That doesn't mean there aren't times when I'm like, I have to unload the dishwasher a fucking another time. Like, right. But, but then I go, okay, this is my life. Loading the dishwasher, unloading the dishwasher, making the dishes, cleaning, doing, driving, working, flying, organizing. All of these things are facets of my life. And I consciously decide to enjoy that. And I have little tricks that I use to encourage that way of thinking. And that's, I've been committed to that. Can you email huh? me those thoughts? Sure. <laughs> uh, look, I'm not going to keep you anymore. This has been so amazing. You are, you're the real deal. And honestly, in the beginning, oh. you know, you hear, you know, people you interview and you talk to, and you're like, you know, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't. And you're like, eh. And then, but after talking to you, it's like, this is who you are. And it's such a beautiful, it's, it's just a beautiful way to be, to live. And I think everyone should try and <clears throat> do that. I think you just, you're real. You're, you're as real as it gets. Kristen said it. And 
uh, it's you, so much insight. You don't even know that you gave me like it's, it's, it's therapy for me, but like for people listening, you know, I could sit here and ask you, Oh, what's the number one thing that you would say, uh, for mental health or what would you do? Well, there's, there's a lot of things you could do. You know, one is disconnect and you, meditation. And, um, I, I just, I really enjoyed this. This has been a real treat. You're a treasure. And, uh, I'm so glad you, you made this happen. So. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Yeah. Well, I wish you the best and, uh, yeah, you too. and maybe you're on Instagram and all that, right? Uh, I don't actually, I have someone that manages that. I don't enjoy, um, Instagram at all. I have to say, um, <laughs> I was on there recently because, um, a friend of mine is kind of going through something and we're raising money for him. And I was kind of looking at it without the sound and without even reading. And it, when I was on Instagram a few years ago, it was people take pictures and write. Now it's just like talking, talking, people are talking, talking, talking. And I'm not even listening to the words. I'm not even reading, but I can feel the frequency of it is really, really low and affects affecting, you know, cause I believe in frequency and energy, how toxic that is. And I'm seriously, like, I have no idea what anyone was saying. They could have been saying the most incredible things. There's just this manicness, right? Cause you're scrolling from person to person. To, uh, I just, I, so I, I do have a presence there, but I honestly, I don't, I don't do it. And of course it would really help my Annapurna living if I would do that. Um, but at this moment in time, I just, there's, it's, it's like everything I'm teaching or sharing, cause I don't consider myself a teacher, but everything I'm sharing is the exact opposite. So it's kind of tricky. Like, how do you promote something where you have to go into the into the portal that's actually creating this dysfunction to start with. Yeah. Did you say portal? So, Did you say portal? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're it's right. Like, I, I get like it. it. I can't quite reconcile that with my integrity. And yet I do have a presence there because, you know, and and I'm and I'm not saying that I won't go on and I'm not trying to be like holier than thou. I just don't enjoy it. Yeah. So I'm trying to find different ways, you know, doing podcasts are great too. I've, you know, I've been on lots of different podcasts. I do enjoy talking to people and, and, um, and I would rather do that kind of thing than, than, you know, I, it's interesting because at Annapurna Living, what I'm saying is that your life is not for sale. There's nothing to buy. Right. So how can I sell something, market something that is just basically telling someone there's nothing you need to buy to be better. Wow. Including my course or anything I'm doing, like you have it in you. So, you know, I'm finding my way. It's fun. It's, it is a labor of love. Well, keep shooting on shitty quality. Thanks. Keep, uh, you know, keep it real. And real. Uh, you definitely don't look old. So that oh, woman, you should, you. you should block her. And when this comes out, I'll send you stuff. And if you want to post it, great. It's just good for, I just think it's good yeah, for we, people that, yeah. yeah, all that stuff. I'm just not really good at all that stuff. Kristen's great at it. I'm a little bit more I like, know. I don't know how to do half of it and I'm going to slow down because I think it's going to help me. Uh, you're the best. Thanks for, uh, thank you. It was a pleasure. Have a great day. Thanks for having me there. There she was Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann, I just want to say thank you for being on the podcast. I think you're terrific. You're a wonderful human being and a wonderful actress. And thank you for uh, being here. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, fun times, Jason. 
Great times. Great times. Great times, fun times. If you didn't listen to the intro, go back. There's tons of information about where I'm going to be. I'm also on the Cameo. Uh, join Patreon. Patreon.com slash inside of you. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash inside of you. Uh, become a patron today. I'm about to read out the top tiers of the patron. They get their name shouted out at the end of every episode. Um, that was a really wonderful episode. So uh, thanks for listening. I've been having problems with my dog. Charlie, what kind of problems? My puppy. Well, I think he's got separation anxiety. He's been fine. He's never chewed up anything except a, a nibble on a pillow or, you know, little things that I'm like, all right, he's a dog. I don't know. Sure. I, I, uh, I was downstairs and I heard him whining. And we were just downstairs. I was alphabetizing my DVD collection. Who has DVDs? I do <laughs> still. And um, I came back up probably 30 minutes later and he had chewed a whole piece of the stair carpet off. Insane. And then, uh, you know, I just... I didn't, you know, obviously I don't hit my dog, but I yelled at him and I put his face in it and said, no, he saw the mess everywhere and, you know, and he felt shame. <laughs> and <laughs> he then, felt shame. And then um, I thought that'd be the end of it. I sprayed bitter apple on it so he wouldn't chew it again. And then I went out for two and a half hours. I came home and he had ripped up the rest of it. Wow. Determined to destroy. Yeah. And so I'm not sure what exactly to do. So I'm going to get a trainer involved and... um yeah, you can't have your puppy destroying your house. It just doesn't, no. I gave him a home. I gave him a wonderful home to live in. I treat him like a king, and he yeah. shits on me. What does he do? He shits on me. But you know, they're puppies. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Yeah, and you can't punish him an hour later when he doesn't know what the hell he did. No, they can't exactly think too rationally. I hate that excuse where it's like he doesn't remember. His brain is the pee. I'm like, no, no. He knows what he did. He yeah. still feels shame. He's in. He's in the <laughs> corner, going, looking at me like. No, they Are know. We cool? Are we cool? Yeah, they have the same look, humans. Yeah, too. you know what you did. Yeah, I'm not going to go for that. I, I'm like, I look at him. I'm like, I don't. No, don't come over to me. I don't want to touch you. I'm but not petting you right now. Unfortunately, you can't have a prolonged discussion about it with him, where you really break down how it hurts you. Yeah, because you really hurt my feelings. You know, ultimately, the brains are peace. I work hard to make this house <laughs> look nice so you could live in it. I give you endless amounts of toys and treats. Yeah, hope you didn't hear that. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, all my love, Jason. Thanks again for being here. Great to be here. Uh, what can for, I say? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Great to be here. Yeah. I know a little secret that we talked about before, but I won't say anything about you and your life. Oh, shit. I'm not going to mention it. Okay. okay. Your, girl, you. your girlfriend went listen. No. Well, maybe she might hear me editing this. Oh, yeah. So well, we'll stop now. What was that about? <laughs> I'll tell her. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, that's about it. We're going to give the shout outs. Shout out, shout out. These are the top tier patrons. These are folks that give extra to the show which make it makes it possible for me to do it to do the show here they are i love you all nancy d leah s and Kristen k they're now a duo usually it was just leah s and Kristen k now it's leah s and Kristen k i'm sure one day Kristen will go i want to be first <laughs> hey Kristen, thanks for the birthday wishes little lisa Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, Robert B, Jason W, Sophie M, Raj C, Joshua D, Jennifer N, Stacy L, Stacy's mom. We did this last time. Stacy's mom has got it going on. Jamal F, Janelle B, Mike E, L, Dan Supremo. Hi, Dan. Hi, Mike. Janelle. 99 more. It's always been there. Santiago M. Where's my statues? I love you, buddy. Chad W, Leanne P, Maddie S, Belinda N, Dave Hall. Hello, Dave. Nice to see you, Dave. Hey, Dave. Dave. What's we, up? we love you, Dave. Sheila G. Not to be confused with Sheila E. 
Brad D, Ray Harada, Tab of the T, Tom N, Talia M, Betsy D, Angel M, Rianne C, Corey K, Deb Nexon, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Brandy D, Yavor, Joey M, Eugene and Leah, Corey, Jake, Jake B, not Jake Busey, Angela F, Mel S, Christine S, Eric H, Shane R, Andrew M, Tim L, Amanda R, Jen B, Kevin E, Stephanie K, Jorel, Jam and J, and Leanne J, Luna R, Mike F, Stone H, Stonehenge, can't forget that, mm. Brian L, Kendall L, Meredith I, Kara C, Jessica B, Kyle F, Marisol P, Estevan G, Kaylee J, Brian A, Ashley F, Marion Louise L, Jason Nelkin, Romeo B, Veronica Q, Frank B, Jen T, Nikki L, April R, Cassie B. I was I'm not on the Patreon. No, but thank you to those you're who not are. A Patreon. Could you imagine you giving me like money every month and be work with me? Twisted. That'd be weird, wild stuff. Weird, wild stuff. From the holiday holiday world, from the Hollywood Hills in Hollywood, California. I am Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Jason Nelkin. In here for Ryan Tears. In here for Ryan Tears. Yes. Uh, we'll wave to the camera. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. And um, be good to yourself. Be good to yourself. Did you say be good to yourselves? Or be, be good to yourself. You're talking to the, the viewer. Be good to yourself. Yeah. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.